0: is an odyssey original
1: this is coronavirus daily i'm charles Feldman. i'm mike simpson from the knx odyssey studios in la pfizer apparently wants every adult to get a booster shot it's going to ask the fda to approve them for everybody 18 plus washington post reports the fda is likely to go ahead with the plan
0: evidence out of central california showing those boosters might be necessary.
1: Remember, talk of a pandemic baby boom didn't happen. Well, maybe just not yet.
0: Let's start with boosters. Dr. John Wary is director of the Institute for Immunology at the University of Pennsylvania Pearlman School of Medicine. Doctor, what case uh, is Pfizer making for expanding this?
2: Yeah, I think the case they're making is that they now have, uh, first of all, thanks for having me again. Um, I think the case that Pfizer's making here is that they now have more data on more people in their trials of boosters. Uh, the safety profile is really great. And you know what? It looks increasingly like uh, boosters are actually going to help us here. And so we can talk about what that means exactly.
0: Shouldn't we just, in terms of messaging, stop referring to these as boosters now and just uh, say, that, look, the science is indicating that if you're taking the, the Pfizer or the Moderna one, you pretty much need three shots. Uh, and if you're taking the Johnson & Johnson one, maybe you, you have to have two shots. But th- the booster thing is what's getting a lot of people turned off.
2: Yeah, I agree. And, and I think, you know, it may be very hard to sort of retroactively change our, our collective vernacular here and, and, you know, rebrand things. But, but I agree, uh, this, this always should have been thought about as a three dose vaccine. Um, we needed to get things into the, into the field really quickly at the beginning. So, uh, we sort of made some compromises in how we messaged this, but it always should have been thought about as a three dose vaccine.
1: Some of this is already happening, right, even among those who are not on the list. I mean, Charles and I were just talking off the air. We know plenty of people that, that don't qualify but have gone out to get them because they feel like they should or they want to. So if that's already happening, I mean, why not expand it, right?
2: You know, I, I think that that's a really important point and is a subtext that many of us are thinking about. So if, if it's happening anyway, you know, there would be benefit to, um to codifying it, making it official, and and monitoring what's happening there so we can learn from it. Um, As it's happening right now, we're not able to learn from it as easily. We don't capture those events the same way um, and and can't really study what the benefit is, what the um, you know, unknown risks are. And and I should just say as an aside, the risks are very low here. These booster doses or third doses are extremely safe, uh, as safe if not safer than the first two doses.
0: Now, it's still, of course, early in the game for these third uh, – let's just call it the, thir- <laughs> the third dose. Uh,
1: we still change the wording Yes, here. we
0: we will start that, that initiative here, hashtag three doses. Uh, but uh, Israel, of course, has been in the vanguard of giving three doses uh, for a lot longer than we've been doing it. Is there any evidence uh, of so-called breakthrough – another term I hate bre- – breakthrough infections uh, for people who have had three doses?
2: Yeah, the data is still out there on this. Um, uh, my expectation is, yes, there will be. We will see, and I, and I don't like the term either, but we will see infections in people who are vaccinated, especially people who are older, people who have compromised immune systems. We will see infections in that population, even after three doses. Um, and I think what we'll see is immunity will also wane after the third dose to some extent. But what we really have to accomplish here, we, we have to accomplish getting out of this crisis pandemic phase this virus is going to be with us for a while. As as we sort of move towards understanding how to keep this virus at bay, that is not causing severe disease, not spreading a lot, we're going to see some infections in vaccinated people, but they're going to be mild. You're not going to end up in the hospital. And after a third dose, you're not going to transmit it very much. So these are going to be little burnout infections in a person or a family, and then it's not really going to go anywhere from there.
1: Yeah, it comes down to what are we trying to use the vaccines for, which has been the, the argument all along. And maybe neither camp is wrong, but prevent severe disease and death. Great. Or prevent infections, which is also good. But you can't do that forever. Or maybe you have to boost every year.
2: Yeah, I think this gets to one of the, the critical questions of how do we prevent transmission? And, you know, there are there, uh, two things here. One, there's the public health thing, right? Keep the hospitals uh, um, clear so that other people with other diseases can get in. So prevent hospitalization and severe disease. Um, and two, prevent spread. Um, that, that's really the key to all of this. The third thing to keep in mind is we need people to get back to their normal lives, right? We don't want to have people quarantined for a week every time they've been exposed to someone who has who has COVID or, you know, they get a positive test and now they they can't go to work or their child does and Now they're home from work. We need to get back to um, being able to deal with this like a typical seasonal infection, if that's what it's going to turn out to be. Uh, and these boosters or third doses are really going to help us do that because we're not, we're not going to be as much of a risk for spreading it or ending up in the hospital.
1: Dr. John Wary directs the Institute for Immunology, University of Pennsylvania, Perlman School of Medicine.
0: Public health officials in California are getting worried about a possible winter COVID surge. The number of people in the hospital with COVID in California's Central Valley is on the rise.
1: Makes you wonder if this is just the beginning. Dr. Ray Savora, emergency medicine physician, interim health officer for the Fresno County Department of Public Health. So, doctor, uh, how worried are you?
3: Yeah, you know, I'm quite concerned. Um, Here in the Central Valley and in Fresno County specifically, uh, we've been able to vaccinate just over half of our population that's eligible. Uh, It's hovering around 60%. Um, So we still have, you know, out of a million people, we still have, Hundreds of thousands of people that are not yet vaccinated, and there's a variety of reasons for that. You know, sometimes they have access issues. Sometimes they have, um, uh, let's just say, you know, some some uh, political differences uh, with the vaccination push. But nonetheless, you know, regardless of what it is, uh, I'm very worried because these are folks that are quite vulnerable. Aside from from that group, um, there's also a big group of people that just haven't gotten their boosters yet. And I think that that's really important. This is really something that, at the national level, I think uh, we've uh, we've stumbled a little bit um, to let people know how important it is to get the boosters. Uh, and I know that there was some debate about who is eligible and who should get them. The bottom line is, you know, if you're in the older or middle age group and you're on the front lines of any public service, uh, whether you're a first responder, a medical professional, uh, you just you're a cashier at a grocery store. If you're seeing a lot of people throughout your day and you haven't had a vaccine in the last six months for COVID, you're really at risk of catching something this winter. So we really need to get people that have already gotten their vaccine to really wake up and say, I need my booster as well. So yeah, I am kind of concerned that we have a big pool of people that are potentially going to get sick this winter.
1: Yeah. What is the hospital situation like now ahead of what you think is going to happen? And and did you pretty much think we were in the clear once we got vaccines? I mean, were you expecting some of this or are you going, oh, no, not again?
3: Yeah. You know, I would say my optimism is flagging a little bit. Um, The hospitals remain very impacted. And, you know, the COVID story is just one part of it, right? Because the hospitals have to treat the non-COVID illnesses as well. And those really haven't slowed down. Here in Fresno County, we have only seven uh, acute care hospitals Uh, for a population of a million people. Uh, and some of those hospitals are actually tertiary care hospitals. So we actually accept from other counties in the Central Valley. And all of these facilities are severely
2: impacted.
0: You know, I want to go back, circle back a little bit to ahead, what you're saying about uh, the importance uh, for many people, of course, to get uh, boosters. And, you know, as you know, uh, this country, <clears throat> we've screwed up so many things from the day one with the pandemic. And a lot of it had to do with messaging. And I wonder if it would have just been better and maybe Maybe it is better going forward to stop referring to these things as booster shots and just level with people and say, if you're taking a messenger RNA vaccine, Moderna, Pfizer, it's a three shot vaccine. If you're taking the Johnson and Johnson one, maybe it's a two shot vaccine because people get are getting hung up on this whole notion of a booster shot because it yes. suggests that things aren't working.
3: Right. I agree. I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty. You know, we like to say we're building the plane as we're flying it. And that's not a good position to be in but that's kind of how this pandemic response has been in so many ways. I think the science is unfolding and the real message that people need to know is that science evolves. And as we get better understanding about what this virus is, how the immune system works, we're going to expect updates from our scientific authorities and that we shouldn't take that to mean that that they didn't know or that they were wrong. It's just, that's how science works. Now that we're in a position where we know boosters are necessary, whatever you wanna call them, I think we have to act on that information and say, yeah, you know, it looks like this is a three-shot vaccine, like you said.
1: Dr. Ray Savora, Emergency Medicine Physician, Community Regional Medical Center, and Fresno Interim Health Officer for Fresno County.
0: Coming up after a short break, maybe the pandemic baby boom was just delayed. Predictions last year of a pandemic baby boom fell flat. People were apparently in no mood for making babies in the middle of lockdowns and dealing with the stress of job losses.
1: Maybe that's going to change now. Leslie Roots, postdoctoral scholar at the Colorado Fertility Project, University of Colorado. So Leslie, do you think we're going to get a belated boom?
4: Well, I think that uh, a boom might be overselling it a little bit, but I think that as we exit the worst stages of the pandemic, we are likely to see a little bit of a recovery in births. Those births that people put off, they might um, start deciding
1: to have them so it, a belated bump instead of a belated <laughs> boom <laughs> right. but,
0: but but of course that 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 sort of is against the what was the conventional wisdom which was as i said you know, only half jokingly that when people were sort of stuck at home and they had no place to go people thought well okay we're going to have a lot of babies out of it so why did they put it off and why now were they just too afraid to have to bring new people into the world
4: well, that could certainly be part of it. Um, I think that that uh, narrative of a boom is a little bit of wishful thinking. Um, anyone who's ever decided to have a kid um, might know that that's not actually—it's not actually. Well, we're bored, so let's do it. Um, there's a lot of other factors, including um, you know whether you feel economically secure, whether you feel that you have the support that you need, and a lot of those factors um, were really bad during the pandemic. You know, sure, people were stuck at home. Um, But people who already had kids suddenly faced having to work from home and care for for their existing children at the same time that's not super conducive to to wanting to add another one right Um, and another aspect with the pregnancy tests is that. um, People don't just buy those when they're trying to have a baby they they buy them when they're trying not to Um, and early in the pandemic, you know people. If you were already in a relationship, you might be stuck at home with your partner, but people weren't getting into new relationships and dating. And that's something that's come back a lot more now that we have vaccines and stay at home orders are kind of over.
0: So it sounds like what you're suggesting is the increased sale of pregnancy tests might actually be an indication that we won't have a lot more babies because people want to make sure they don't get pregnant.
4: I think it's probably both. Right. There are those people who want to get pregnant and are buying them uh, to see if they're being successful. And there are those people who are back on the dating market and are stocking up on things like pregnancy tests and condoms because (laughs) they're getting ready to avoid that kind of thing.
1: Well, maybe it's one of those like economic indicators that is a positive thing, because either a people feel more comfortable and they're, they're ready to have a baby or B, they're getting back out there and they're trying to make sure they don't have a baby. So both of those things mean that you know healing is going on. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: It's a good time to be in the business of making pregnancy <laughs> tests. Pregnancy tests. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Quick buy stock. Uh, what are you seeing at the at the the clinic? Who who is going to fuel this? Do you think if we do see it,
4: um, a, a baby boom?
1: Yeah, is it millennials um, that are finally getting married? It's about that time, <laughs> or, or or what do you think it is?
4: That's a really good question, because birth rates have been on the decline for a long time in the u s, and the pandemic just accelerated that. Um, certainly, some of the suggestions we're seeing are that it's older millennials, people who are um in already in their thirties and have put off having kids, you know, they came of age during the recession and didn't have kids as early as uh, previous generations, and those are the people who are now saying, "Oh, you know, <laughs> the clock is ticking for me, and it's really time to." we're down to the wire on whether I'm going to do this or not.
0: Are, are there differences based on not just age demographic, but, but uh, racial, ethnic demographics?
4: Um, sure. There are differences in racial and ethnic um, birth patterns. Um, white women tend to have babies later um, than women of color. I think that with the pandemic, we don't really, we don't have great data on that yet, but um, as we would expect the pandemic hit um, lower socioeconomic groups harder and thus was probably more likely to affect their birth rates more.
1: You were saying a minute ago about the clock ticking. How much of a push and pull is that for for people who want to have kids? Because nowadays, you know, you, you can wait longer and people do, but still you really only have so much time.
4: Yeah, that's absolutely true. And um, we have seen over the past few decades in the US, um, a large increase in uh, births that are uh, come about with assisted reproductive technologies. Um, That's still a minority of births, but it is becoming more prominent as we're seeing millennials delay their births more.
1: All right, that is Leslie Roots, postdoctoral scholar, the Colorado Fertility Project at the University of Colorado, Boulder. Leslie, thanks for talking to us.
0: The U.S. now welcoming back foreign visitors who want to vacation and see the sights the country has to offer. The government has officially ended its ban on travelers from 33 countries. In reality, however... It will still be difficult for much of the world to enter the country. Experts say it will take years for travel to fully recover. Half the world is not vaccinated, for starters, which the U.S. now requires of entering foreigners. And even if you are vaccinated, there are months-long delays in getting the visas needed to enter the U.S., And uh, other countries have their own strict rules, which complicate foreign travel even
1: more. You can find this Odyssey original on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher.